Good morning and welcome to the 7 Eastern Time, Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is March 21st, 2023 and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 68, the fourth paragraph. Starting with now about sex, reading through that one paragraph that ends in what can we do about them, uh, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Colleen M., Tricia D., Rena L., Elizabeth D. and Esther F. on the Steps and Traditions, and our newcomer greeter is Freya H. And the host for the awesome second unrecorded hour is Ken W.H. The reference numbers for yesterday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for Your Meeting is 20,068. That's 20068. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, that's March 20th, 20,069. Those are the IDs for Monday, March 20th, 2023. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At our Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elizabeth D. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Elizabeth. Good morning, everyone. This is Elizabeth D. in Cincinnati, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so and interest them or others. Excuse me. Take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, um, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thanks, Elizabeth. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Esther. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is, the, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. All right, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time or you hear my buzzer in the background. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. Again, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 68 
We are on the fourth paragraph, beginning with now about sex. And I am going to have Colleen M. get us started. Please go ahead, Colleen. Let's roll. Good morning, Amy. Thank you. This is Colleen M. from Maryland, Grateful Recovery, Boston Reader. Now about sex. Many of us needed an overhaul there. But above all, we tried to be sensible on this question. It's so easy to get way off track. Here we find human opinions run to extremes, absurd extremes perhaps. One set of voices cry that sex is a lust of our lower nature, a base necessity of procreation. Then we have the voices who cry for sex and more sex, who bewail the institution of marriage, who think that most of the troubles of the race are traceable to sex causes. They think we do not have enough of it or that it isn't the right kind. They see its significance everywhere. One school would allow men no flavor for his fare, and the other would have us all on a straight pepper diet. We want to stay out of this controversy. We do not want to be the arbiter of anyone's sex conduct. We all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. What can we do about them? Okay, so... Um, I want to preface this by saying I'm certainly not an expert on this topic. However, I have had relationships, and some of them have involved sexual relationships. And, um, you know, it's usually where I have um, most of my difficulty in life of dealing with, with my relationships. And uh, I want to go back to, you know, we're in the fourth step, and um, the paragraphs before have talked about, you know, we've, we've gone through, we've admitted we're powerless, We've admitted that there's a power greater than us, and we've turned our will and life over to that power. So now we're looking at um, these relationships with, in my opinion, in, in my personal experience, whenever I've had a relationship where there's sex involved, it becomes a whole lot more complicated. And the one thing I wanted to um, really focus on was the, the word arbiter which I had to look up, and it, uh, the definition is a person who settles a dispute or has ultimate authority in a matter. So I love that the big book says that we are not to be arbiters of anyone's sex conduct. Um, I think doing the fourth step was terrifying enough without having to, then to do the sex inventory and, not, and then sharing that with another person. And as a sponsor and a sponsee, I try to look at this as... Um, you know, this is a great, um, uh, I don't know the word, um, it is um, a, a confidence that someone has put in my hands and that I've put in another person's hands. Um, and I don't, I really want to lead people to their higher power. And later in the chapter, it talks about the, um, the sex prayer, God, please mold my ideas and help me to live up to them. Um, so I, I like to go to God for these very difficult, and it talks more about this as we go along, about these very difficult situations that um, that I, as a human being, have no answers for. Um, I try to lead my sponsees by putting their hand in the hand of their higher power so that they can develop their own ideas. And I love the next paragraph where it talks about the nine questions that we ask ourselves about relationships. Um, and um, and just, you know, relieving that, I and this is good for me to know that I don't have to be the higher power in this situation. I don't have to have the answers for anyone. I'm just a vessel 
to listen, um, to not judge, and to, uh, like I said, lead my, my sponsees into the hands of their higher power. And, and God will show us the way. At least that has been my experience, that um, the more that I look at these situations for myself, the more God leads me into the way that I think he would have me be. Um, and I'm becoming that person that I could never be without my higher powers help and the work of this work of the program and the steps and people in this room. So with that, I will pass. That's all I got. Thank you so much, Colleen, for getting us started. So we're going to take some names and uh, names here, but before, just a friendly reminder for those of you who have shared recently, um, shared your experience, strength, and hope. We'd love to hear you. But if you've shared in the last couple of days namely uh, Monday or Friday, if you could please step back and let others uh, share their experience, strength, and hope. That would be greatly appreciated. So who would like to share on what was read? Sherry D. Maryland. Katie D. from Boston. Johan N. Harlan G. Loretta H. Harlan. Loretta. Sarah from New York. Sorry. No, Amy, did you get Katie? Yep, I did. Thank you, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sarah from New York. Sarah? From New York. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Thank so you. I've got Sherry, Sherry B, Katie G, Harlan, Loretta H. Um, I think I heard Sarah. I can get your initials later. Anybody else? Vasa O. Vasa. All right, that's a good lineup. All right, here we go. Sherry B, you're up, followed by Katie G. Please go ahead, Sherry. Thank you so much, Sherry D from Maryland. Colleen, thank you so much for getting us started. What a, a powerful, pro- this is a powerful paragraph for me. You know, lack of power, that was our dilemma, except when I was using um, I thought I had all the power, right? So when it came to sexual relationships, I decided that's where my power was going to be. I would withdraw when when I wanted to have my way um, and thinking the whole time that I was in control. And I've learned in many 12-step programs that balance is what I'm looking for. Um, you know, when it comes to alcohol in the big book, it's complete abstinence. When it comes to food, there's some food that I can have. There's some food that's not my food. When it comes to sex, I need to be able to use that in my life in the way that it is there for. So as much as I thought I had all the power, you know, a wiser man than, than myself said in this meeting that there will be some people who do things to us that we have no control over. And that's where my power reversed when um, I was the victim of rape and had absolutely no power over that, that situation whatsoever at all. And it's in these steps and in this program that I've learned to forgive, um, not forget, forgive, uh, not only those that had harmed me, but myself for harming all those people and for harming myself. So I'm so very grateful that these steps are here for me to learn how to have a relationship with a higher power 
That's what every single one of these steps are here for me for, um, to learn that balance and to learn how to live life happy, joyous, and free. And I will keep coming back. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry B. All right, Katie G., you're up, girl. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. Um, so when I first approached this whole sex section, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to write a Match.com ad. I was single at the time. And what I love is that um, this isn't about sex. I know it says it's about sex. But the best part about this is that it's just about selfishness and the sex powers that God has given me. And what I love that I think is so safe and beautiful is like it takes everything off the table. We are not here. Nobody's saying don't have sex with this person. Nobody. And these are very huge dividing entities in our life, right? But it's not about that. We do not, we're not here to be the arbiter of your sex conduct. And I have to say, I came into the rooms of OA and there were many arbiters of my sex conduct. And um, it's not their fault, right? Like we're all human beings, but we're all safe. And for me, I really came into Big Book because I felt so ashamed. And I felt ashamed because I was chronically putting my needs for gratification in front of, in front of others. And thank you God today. And you know, that's not who I am today. And that this is more than just the act of sex, right? This is, so God gave me an identity. For me, I identify as a woman. So how do I conduct myself as a woman? You know, I used to go to stores and maybe try and flirt with somebody to get a sale. Um, for me, I don't tend to um, have male friends. I have a lot of men that I am friends with, but I have to be careful. I'm a married woman, and I'm a relief-seeking missile, and I can use sex in any way. So for me, like, I don't think, you know, being a married woman involves me me talking to a man on a regular basis that's not within my marriage. And that may not be true for you, but what I'm saying is this is all about learning what my sex is, right, and how to honor God. Because God gave us sex, like, good job, God, right? It it works. It really does. But, you know, I think that what I'm learning is to go from this anorexic, exercise, bulimic, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, afraid woman to start putting the needs of others in front of my own, right? There were things that I did in college from a, from a sexual perspective that were nothing but me, and the thing is, for me today, if I'm that selfish, I'm going to die. And I'm going to be honest, we all have sex problems. We'd hardly be human if we didn't. I'm not here to say I have this mastered. I'm here to say that this is a dialogue that I welcome in my life. I learn how to be a woman by watching the women in our recovery program, how they conduct themselves. I learn how to be a wife by asking right. questions. And uh, it's all about God. That's all I wanted to say with that I've had. Thank you, Katie. Katie G. from Massachusetts. All right, Harlan G., you're up. Thank you, Amy. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is a very pivotal paragraph in the book, and it is also one of the ones that is most misunderstood 
This is not a list of people that we had sex with. That's not what this is. This is a chance for us to look at, did we use our God-given sex powers for something other than what they were intended for? In other words, if we cheat on a, a spouse or a relationship, that's the most obvious thing that people come to. But there's more than that. There's others. Did I use my God-given sex powers? And you don't have to take your clothes off to abuse this. Did I use my God-given sex powers for something other than what they were intended for? Like, did I use them to get a job? Did I use them to manipulate a supervisor who obviously had feelings for me and I wanted to further my career so I was uh, flirtatious with this person of the opposite or the same sex? It doesn't matter. But I was flirtatious with this person in order to achieve a financial stability in my life. Did I withhold affection? Did I withhold affection until somebody came around to my way of thinking? Did I engage in flirtations with somebody to get even with another person? In other words, uh, A and B are in a relationship and B has offended A. A seduces B's friend, not because B, they have any attraction for this person, but they wanted to get even with this person that offended them. That's something we need to look at, too. Within the confines of a committed relationship, did I withhold affection? Did I make demands on the person I was with to do something that they had told me repeatedly they were uncomfortable doing? These are some, but not all, of the things that we need to look at. And most of these things are things that happen close on. Now, when I came in here, I was 24 years old. I was 11 years from going on my first date with a girl. So my sponsor had me look at my friend relations and see where I had manipulated people, where I had befriended people, where I had acted in ways with people that were completely self-serving. Did I befriend someone, not because I liked them or wanted to be their friend, but because I thought it would benefit me in some way? And these were eye-opening things for me to see what a manipulator I was. I scoffed at this because I didn't have sex, I, was, I never went on a date, blah, blah, blah. Well... I have to look at these things and look at my own personality. We're talking about the sex inventory, and we have to look beyond people that we had sex with to see where we had been harmful. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan from Arizona. Harlan G. Okay, Loretta H., followed by Johan. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Amy, and good morning, all, along with my precious God who saved my life, Loretta H., recovered in North Carolina. I've been married for 53 years now. Okay, so I never thought this was an issue because I've been married most of my life, but I had to actually look and study this from the 12 and 12. And it says in the 12 and 12, this is on page 52, 
To take inventory in this respect, we ought to consider carefully all personal relationships which bring continuous or recurring trouble. It should be remembered that this kind of insecurity may arise in areas where instincts are threatened. Questioning directed to this might run like this. Looking at both past and present, what sex situations have I have caused me anxiety, bitterness, frustration, or depression? Appraising each situation fairly, I can see where I've been at fault. Did these perplexities beset me because of selfishness and unreasonable demand? Or if any disturbance was seemingly caused by the behavior of others, why do I lack the ability to expect to accept these conditions I cannot change? These are the sorts of fundamental inquiries that can disclose the source of my discomforts and indicate whether I am able to alter my own conduct and adjust myself to serenity, serene self-discipline. And this is, I love the other shares. It's spot on. They're spot on. But this is me um, always feeling apart from as opposed to a part of. And I have to, um, because I always felt less than, accepting people as they are, not demanding perfection, looking at my connection and not my perfection. And this is, again, where the people um, were talking. It's, it's what was in my resentment, selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking, fear, and um, these um, in and yeah, I think I've said all five of them. But anyway, that these cause me suspicion, jealousy. Um, and this is where I do my fourth step on this. You know, where were, was I at fault? Where am I suspicious? Where am I jealous? Where? And for me, it's ironic, but most of it has, as somebody said, I am a woman. And my most difficult relationships are with women because I compare and despair. So I am just so grateful that I have this. And I just finished an inventory, and I have women on that mostly. I do have one immense to make my husband. But okay. And with that, I pass. God bless everybody. Thank you, Loretta H. from North Carolina. Johan, please go ahead. Hey, good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for service this morning. And my name is Joanna Ann, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in in Fallen, in Sweden. Uh, thanks for all the great shares and for the opening share. Uh, just great stuff today. And a really powerful paragraph as well. Um, and when I first came to the rooms, the first time I did my fourth step, I, you know, I, I got into the, to the, to this inventory as well, of course. And, uh, I didn't have a problem with, you know, writing up all the things. I didn't have a problem with step four. First time I did it, uh, just writing up all the, all the things, you know, that I, uh, had done all the resentments I had, all the fears, you know, and, um, also the, the, the sex or, or, uh, you know, relationship inventory. 
that can um, uh, and uh, the, the problem came when I came to step five, you know, sharing this inventory with another human being. I could share it before God, uh, but in step five, it, it was really difficult. But once I did it, once I just cleared everything and just shared everything for my step four uh, and went on to step six and seven, that was like a big storm was lifted from me. and. I felt freedom for the first time in many, many years. So this inventory uh, was incredibly useful. And it was so powerful and it was so important. Um, and I could see when I, was, when, I, when I was sharing it that I've been living like a kid in a candy store my whole life. I never had a moral compass. I've done you know, what I want, when I want. And when I came to these rooms, I, you know, finally become an adult. <laughs> I started taking responsibility for my life. And uh, this is just uh, through the grace of God and by, by working these steps that, that this has happened. And today I can be uh, a faithful husband. I can be, uh, I can be a good man, you know. Uh, I can have a moral compass and uh, I can be there for others. And all, all the things that I've done, all, all that stuff in my step four, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I can use that today. I can, I can talk with my sponsors uh, how, uh, about how, 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 how hard it was. And also it says we, we all had sex problems, which is also a huge relief. We all have these problems. Uh, but there is a solution to all of our, of, of our problems. And, and the solution is in the book and by just uh, you know, going through the steps with a sponsor and then uh, continue to living in step 10, 11, and 12. And, you know, uh, making my, all of my amends. That, that's a huge thing as well. So I'm just grateful uh, today, grateful to be here and uh, grateful for this incredible meetings for all of you and, and uh, that there is a solution and that, that I get to live with it living it one day at a time and without a cost. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Johan M. in Sweden. We have Sarah followed by Basa. Go ahead, Sarah. Good morning, family. My name is Sarah. I'm gratefully recovering in program one day at a time. Um, I'm 78 years old. However, from early on, I was taught to believe that sex is dirty. When I was a child, I was doing things under the covers and mom looked in and gave me the look, which I felt was telling me, you're a dirty little girl, and I stopped doing that. Sex has always been a bugaboo for me. Um, I was assaulted and of course it leads to trauma and future difficulties in sexual relationships. I have looked back, now I'm in program 16 years, but the first year on the big book working with a wonderful sponsor and, and we've done sex um, thing, um, steps. And I look back now and realize, even though I thought, as especially since I thought sex was dirty, I was a tease. This was the era when we went to bars and we met guys and stuff like that. And I always behaved in a flirtatious, come-hither way. 
there was nothing behind. I wasn't turned on. I was only turned on by teasing them. And uh, even when I was married, I was having difficulty with a sexual relationship with my husband because of what I looked like, my body. And I look back even further that it was always, I always used sexual inference to get what I want, be it a drink at the bar or whatever. And I, I had been ashamed to go to the meetings in, in um, San Francisco discussing sex. But since I have gone to that meeting and I'm grateful to be at this one, I have learned a whole lot about my sexual behavior and why it was, what it is, etc. cetera. Um, I have no interest in having a sexual relationship right now with anybody. Um, I just want to be a friend. And the way my life has unfolded, I guess, is the way God wanted it to be. And I've arrived at a place where it's into God's hands if I will find another partner. First of all, I would like us to be a friend, then maybe proceed. But I don't think it's going to happen unless God decides it, because I stay home a lot, and um, I really don't mingle with that many people. I, I have male friends, and they're really good male friends, and there's no interest in sex. We love each other as people. I don't do the things I did before to get what I wanted by seemingly to be sexually available when I really wasn't. I was what they called the CT back there. And if I can use vulgar language, CT stands for cock tease. And um, I'm not that person. Uh, I did not know better. I have to forgive myself for being what I was like. I did not know how to deal with sexuality due to the past. But thank God for this meeting and all of you that uh, I could be free enough to tell you the truth about myself and unburden myself without shame. Okay. I guess I'm a sexual being, but we will see what God has in store. And thank you for listening to me, and I thank all of you for being in my life. And that I finally found visions and uh, that I'm coming to meetings again. So thank you for letting me share. I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah from New York. Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. And we'll take some more names. Oh, just a friendly reminder, Vasa, before you go. We are on page 68, fourth paragraph. Just unpacking that one paragraph now about sex. Okay. Good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa. Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater Girls from from Port Charlotte, Florida. And I'm so grateful this was the the last part of doing the inventory. And I was not really looking forward to get to this part. I said, well, I'll just skip it. It's not a big deal. Well, my sponsor said, we don't skip anything. We just do it, you know. Be honest about it. And uh, I grew up in a home. Uh, There's no sex before marriage. It was a sin to sex to have sex mar- sex before marriage, and a real, real sex sex like intercourse. 
So, but I remember over the years, well, my sponsor said, just write down your behaviors, how you behaved around your sexuality. And she wanted me to go all the way back to my childhood about the crushes, uh, like in, in school, if I had the childhood crush, of fantasies, flirtations, looking for attention, and uh, and with all those things, I mean, I did struggle with all of, of all of those, but I never acted on it because I was afraid that I would get pregnant and bring a shame to the family. That was the biggest thing. I come from a very religious home. What are people gonna think about us? You know, not about that part, about you know, about about life and life problems out there in the world. We had to be part of example. We were Christian people. So, but anyways, and uh, so I was 41 years old when I came in the program, and uh, I lost all the weight, and I was getting a lot of attention. And I, I craved that attention from men before, but, you know, I think being overweight kind of kept me, you know, for not to be looking too, too much for that, that attention. And I thank God for that. But anyways, and I did blame my husband. You know, we, I blamed my husband after we got married when I was like 22 years old for my unhappiness because I didn't get as much attention from him or he didn't love me enough or he you know, he didn't make me happy, didn't bring me flowers. And he did some of those things, but I blamed him for things that I really did not like about myself. I was a very insecure person. So I was always looking for that love and attention from him or outside. And it is by the grace of God, I don't have that desire or the need to look at through my husband. I mean, he's a wonderful man. He gives me attention, but it was never enough before. I, I was looking like the, like with the food. It was never enough. But anyways, my sponsor said, just write down the people, you know. And I had like 23 people that I had flirtation or fantasy, or, uh, but I never had real, real sex with them. They, oh, that's my time. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's worth it to go through it. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. But it was worth it. And I did the same pretty much um, like I did the fourth step with the resentments. Where was I selfish? Where, what did I want from this person and why? What I was dishonest? Why I was inconsiderate? And all those things. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thanks, Lassa. Okay. So, again, we're on page 68, the fourth paragraph. Who else would like to share on what was read if you haven't shared in the last couple of days? Ken W.H. Linda D. Ken W.H. Brenda. Linda, sorry, Linda. Roz G. Roz G. Okay. Um, that's might No, no, we've got room for a couple more. Anybody else? All right, let's go. We'll be that. All right, Ken W.H. Oh, Kathy J, did you say? Yes. J. Okay. So we've got Ken W.H., Linda D., Roz G., Kathy J. Please go ahead, Ken. 
Okay. Uh, thank you, Amy. I'm Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Um, I would have started this paragraph uh, just a little differently and basically said, now, more about power. Um, it, it's, um, and I, it, interestingly, Bill says in this paragraph that he want, they want to stay out of the controversy, and yet he raised a number of controversial issues in this brief, uh, exposition of his, um, and that's okay, whatever, um, a lot of outside issues in there, um, but that's not what it's about. You know, the book tells me that lack of power is my dilemma for uh, solving the problem with food. Um, the reality is, as I admitted early on, that I'm powerless over it. I don't have any power. So that was my dilemma. I needed power. But I don't need power for sex, money, or prestige. Those are the ones that work against me. I need power outside of myself. It will solve my problem with food. <clears throat> and I have received that as a result of uh, following the directions, <laughs> just following the directions one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Just do the next right thing. The, the, the other issues, the sex, the money, the prestige, all become so profoundly secondary <laughs> tertiary, whatever, irrelevant with respect to what I need to stay healthy today and abstinence and grow in my uh, life of faith uh, with relationship to this power that's greater than myself. And now we're talking power in a profoundly positive sense. There's nothing wrong with this kind of power. If there is, we're all in trouble. <laughs> I know I am. So that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Pass. Thank, thank you, Ken WH. All right. We've got Linda D. You're up, followed by Roz G. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, everybody. When I saw what we were going to read, I thought, oh, goody, goody. That's a... I was just happy to talk about this, but that's because it's now. When I did my first fourth step, I was like one of those ancient elephants that's frozen in the um, tundra. I, I I just simply couldn't move. I could not solve anything. And, and it's talking about um, how are we – hang on, let me get a check at it again – uh, how am I going to fix this? I'm not. I can't. I'm frozen. Frozen. I I was raised like that, like one of the people that shared, one of the sisters that shared. I was raised um, to be ashamed, and the, the basic rule was don't. Don't feel it. Don't touch it. Don't do it. Wait till you're married, and then you have certain prescribed ways of doing it, and Sex isn't dirty, and but it was treated like it was. It was just a mishmash of ugly, ugly rules. And the difference is after practicing for a really long time, years and years, um, I go to God 
for guidance with this. I was talking with somebody on the um, texting with them, and um, we were laughing about uh, sex, about men and having good legs and all that stuff. Uh, it's amazing that I can do that now. And one would think that at my age, I'm 79, like, what does an old woman know? Hell, I know. I know. And um, I never had, never had, without even recognizing it, never had, um, I was never without guidance. I was, uh, but I was a child. And now I'm a woman. And here they come again. Oh, dear. I don't know what to do with men sometimes. I, and when they love you, oh, dear. I, I'm new at all this. It's good to be teachable at any age. And this is where I learn it with all of you. And it's not so scary because intimacy is scary. And people who tell you they don't feel fear, that's a raspberry. Um, I don't believe them because fear is a very human thing, especially with intimacy. And I'm so grateful to be teachable. Men are cool. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Linda D. Okay, um, Roz G, you are up. Okay, good morning. Let me get off the speaker here. Phone. Okay, good morning. Um, my name's Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm from California, but I'm in um, I'm in Indian I'm in Indiana today. I'm on your time zone visiting my dad, and um, I was like, what? Why do I want to share on this paragraph? Because I've been single for 18 years. But I can share on this paragraph because um, I want to, what I want to say is that my, um, my mother was um, abused sexually as a little girl for a long time, you know. And I'm, what am I, I'm going to be 60 years old, so, you know, my mother was born in the 30s and, gosh, she, she just, sex was just totally a shameful thing. So, I mean, it was bad. So my mom never talked about it. And um, my, my dad uh, is a, like a Dr. Spock logical man. It still is to this day. And um, never talked about it. So Hollywood, Hollywood schooled me on sex. Disney, princes, um, soap operas, Hollywood, fantasy. That was how I was uh, learned about relationships and sex because my parents didn't teach me about it. I was a clueless about it. I, you know, and I learned from my friends at school. And, it, you know, I just was clueless about sex. And um, then I went to the Catholic Church, and oh, my gosh. So sex, uh, you know, I, of course I had it because I have, I have three kids, so yes, I've had it. <laughs> and I had illicit relationships and slept around at work. It, it was just I've I never had a healthy uh, relationship with it at all. And so what, what, how I have learned to have healthy relationships with men is in the program. And uh, today I have a male sponsor, and I'm learning how to trust and just be friends 
and see men as people instead of objects. And and boy, he's cute or whatever. And this guy, you know, men are children of God, just like me. And um, I need to treat men with respect and as if, you know, they're a child of God. And I, you know, at my age, I'm just learning now through another program how to have um, healthy, intimate relationships with men. And that's that's kind of where I am. I'm, it's it's embarrassing, you know, and it's I feel I sometimes I feel a little ashamed about it. Okay, but I hear the clock. That seems like a quick three minutes, but maybe I just rambled on. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's where I am. And but I'm willing to learn. So uh, for me to say that is huge. Anyway, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ralph G from California. All righty. We have got time for, I think, two shares. Who would like to share on page 68, fourth paragraph? Got room for two people? John M. Anita J. All right, we got it. John M. Anita J. All right, go ahead, John. Good morning, John M. from South Carolina. And uh, when I first saw this paragraph, I was like, oh, no. Do we have to deal with that, too? But uh, actually, I was happy to give myself a pass on this because I see now that sex is just giving love through the body. That's all it is. It's just been dramatized so much we don't even know what it's supposed to be, but that's all it is. So I don't need to be afraid of it, and uh, I have abstained from it because I'm not in a relationship, and it feels good. Um, but the angels are telling me, hey, if you ever get in a relationship, it's okay. Do your thing. So I'm not really concerned uh, with sex. Uh, when I was young, and I was a hippie, we taught, hey, make love, not war. And that's a beautiful thing, but I wasn't making love. I was making lust. I was all about self-gratification and how many uh, orifices I could enter. And I know that's a disgusting thing to say, but it was a disgusting thing that I was doing. So let's tell it like it is. But, hey, you learn. Uh, I have a friend. He goes into the uh, prisons and preaches to the murderers, and I commiserated with them one day and said, it's a shame the way they're locked up. And he said, no, John, it's a blessing. Well, since he was the expert, I gave way to him and asked him why, and he said it stops the crime. So maybe chastity for me is stopping the crime. I hope that one day I can have a healthy uh, outlook towards sex. I was able to create with my... Uh, wife, uh, some children, and, and that's the beauty of sex, is children. You you create children that way, and, and my grandchildren have given me immeasurable joy. So sex is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and I'm happy that I know that now. Um, I wasn't uh, able to know that then, but hey, that's that's the deal. We learn as we grow, so... That's all I have to say. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, John, from South Carolina. John M. All right, Anita J., please go ahead. 
Thank you very much. This is Anita Jay. I'm in Massachusetts. I'm a compulsive reader living in the recovery today in all areas. And, you know, I've been in for decades in, in OA, but it's only been maybe the last 10, 15 years that I truly understood this, this part about men or it was that I was afraid to look because I was also this lady that was um, older. I was a teaser, but I didn't know it. It was only when I began to pray to be, to have it revealed that I saw like at our church at first, it seemed like all the men liked me, but the women didn't. Why? Poor Anita. I came to, when you finally come to see, I um, I stopped. I, and I didn't have to fight to stop it. Just like when we finally turn the food over, we, it's not a fight anymore. This was gone with the sex part. That was gone too. And I was just marveled at the grace of God that he, he waited till I saw it because they, I had, I thought, four amends to men. One wouldn't see me. One didn't know what I was talking about, but the other two were very gracious. And it all had to do with um, with this particular area of sex. Uh, I was from, I was like the Bill Clinton when he said he did not have sexual relations because he never went all the way. That was my era. <laughs> I'm a technical virgin. I was. Anyway, that's all. I'm, I'm grateful that all got cleaned up. Um, I can go to bed without a guilty conscience in any area like that. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita from Massachusetts. Okay, we've got two minutes. Jeannie B from Florida. Jeannie, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. I just wanted to hop on. I'm glad I have less than three minutes because I don't have that much to share, but I just wanted to say I was one of those people. Uh, this is Jeannie B from Florida, J-E-A-N-N-I-E-B, recovered. And I, um, when I got to this step, I was like, oh, I'm single and I'm celibate. So get the sex. Don't really have this as an issue. And this morning, to hear you all, this beautiful vision recovery family, educate me on the different aspects that I could have and still can analyze and grow from. I was one of those people raised Catholic, don't have sex, don't have sex. But I did use my femininely, femininely wiles to try to feel validated, to try to feel accepted. And I would flirt with other people's boyfriends to see if it worked because I didn't know how this worked because we didn't talk about sex. I had no idea how all of this worked, just attraction and the power dynamics and I mean, I'm thinking back to high school and college because you all have opened my eyes and raised my awareness to the different aspects of power and just just um, human desires that can be seen through this lens. 
So I am going back. I'm going back to find that inventory. Thank you all for sharing your experiences and your lives and your growth with me so that I can now go do the same. Bless you. Thank you. I pass. Perfect timing. Thanks, Jeannie B. from Florida. Okay, everyone. I'd like to thank you all, all who have shared. Please join us for a second awesome unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, March 21st, Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,071. That's 20071. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Rena, I'm sorry, Trish D., can you please take us out with the reading of a vision for you? Press star one to unmute, please. Excuse me, I thought I was uh, unmuted. Can you hear me now? I can. Hello? Okay, here I go. Tricia D., compulsive eater from, from Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you shall surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Trisha D. Okay. Will all who care to please press star one so we can unmute and say the serenity prayer together. God, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay, so now we're going to turn the meeting over to our newcomer greeter, Freya H., and host, Ken W. H. Take it away, Freya. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. This is Freya H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Colorado. Welcome to those who are new to a Vision for You Big Book study today. We have set aside this time in our meeting to invite those on the line to introduce themselves if they have never introduced themselves in the past. Here is what we need from you. Your name, the first